From world conflicts to falling financial markets, natural disasters, and more. Wish the headlines would just stop? It's not a newsflash that life can feel like a pressure cooker. From managing work to building relationships, it's easy to feel overwhelmed. And for many of us, anxiety and stress are constant companions. But you're not alone. You may not know it, but support is out there, just waiting to meet you. And you can find it through the friendly people at Church's Care. At Church's Care, we know that finding your community can feel intimidating. That's why we do the heavy lifting for you. Church's Care helps connect people like you to churches that can support and serve you. In your new community, you'll find a group of people ready to talk, listen, and help you navigate life through its twists and turns. All you have to do is come as you are. If you're ready to find your community, visit churchescare.com today. That's churchescare.com. C-H-U-R-C-H-E-S-Care.com. We look forward to serving you. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Welcome everyone to Too Good To Be True, and of course thank you to all the listeners. Are you ready for a really spooky show about Halloween? Before we start getting into details, let's just briefly talk about psychic insight and how we apply it. We choose a subject and research it, and based on that research we determine what we think needs to be explained by creating a series of questions. Then Justina provides psychic insight to answer those questions. The psychic insight is narrated towards the end of the show. Accepting the psychic insight is a question of individual belief. We normally go through a list of disclaimers, but we have a lot to cover in today's show. Let's just say that we are not experts in researching any subject. We apologize for any names we mispronounce, and the psychic insight will only relate information appropriate for our time. Also, we mentioned the Inquisition to illustrate what can tragically happen if groups with allegedly different beliefs are repressed. We mean no criticism of any of today's organizations. My suggested subject of Halloween, which is a great topic for the end of October. Thank you, Mai. We hope you're listening for a shout out for your suggestion. Halloween is a big business with candy, plenty of commercials and television, and lots of Halloween costume options. Spending will be at an estimated $9 billion this year, but about 100 times more is spent on Christmas. Well, that's still a lot more, a lot of money for Halloween. It started from near where you are from, so why don't you explain? Yes, it's believed that it all started with the Celtic festival of Samhain. The festival marks the end of harvest and the beginning of winter. October the 31st is about halfway between the autumn equinox and the winter solstice. So, it was celebrated by the Celts, who lived in Northern Europe and are now mainly associated with Scotland, Wales and Ireland. When did it start? Probably about 2,000 years ago or more, before the Roman conquest that displaced Celtic culture from most of Great Britain. It was warmer then, which might explain why the end of harvest was so late in the year, so far to the north. How do you know it was much warmer then, unless the Romans had thermometers? The Romans wrote about growing grapes in Britain, and modern science tells us that there was a Roman warming period from 250 BC to AD 400. The Romans used piped water for er- for an early form of air conditioning. I wish I had an ass, since I know you could talk for hours about ancient civilizations. And I think I'm not going to ask about ancient calendars. So what happened during the Festival of Samhain? During the evening of the 31st of October, large bonfires were lit and sacrifices were made. It was, the end, it, was a way, it was a way of ending the old year and beginning of the new year. It was also time to prepare living quarters for shamans who didn't stay with the tribes throughout the year. Costumes were worn while dancing around a large bonfire. This was for several reason, reasons. Firstly, it was to honour the souls of the dead who during the eve of Sanhain were set free. 
Also, souls of the dead trapped in the bodies of animals were freed by the Lord of the dead to be sent to new incarnations. The costume signified release of souls into the physical world. Secondly, some of the dead might have had bad intentions, such as destroying next year's crops, or might have a score to settle with the living. The costumes helped the people hide from the souls of the dead who might harm them. Thirdly, wearing the costumes was to honour the gods and goddesses who had provided the harvest and had got the, tribe throughout, got the tribe through the year. Also to ask for help for the upcoming year, including the winter that lay ahead. Apparently, there were a lot of Celtic gods and goddesses, including one for apple trees. How did Halloween get its name from the connection of Samhain? Also, what is a shaman? The name Halloween dates back to about the year 1745. It means hallowed or holy evening and has Scottish roots. All Hallows Eve was the earlier name. People had for a long time honoured All Saints Day on November the 1st to commemorate the dead who had lived virtuous lives. So Halloween is the holy evening before the holy day commemorating saints. A shaman is someone with access to the spirit world often associated with healing. That's interesting because Halloween with pumpkin carving, costumes, and trick-or-treating is traditionally associated with North America. That's correct. In England growing up, Halloween was not celebrated. I recall that it was only in the 1980s that trick-or-treating started in a small way. When did All Souls Day start? Apparently about a thousand years ago when people started praying to all the departed. How did pumpkin carving start? That started with Samhain. The Celts carved turnips that were used as lanterns to scare away the unwanted souls or spirits. Eventually, they were carved to look like the faces they were trying to scare away. Later on in other places, pumpkins were easier to get hold of than turnips, so pumpkins were used instead. Well, it looks like we'll soon be going into a break. So before the break, I want to remind everyone to go and like our Facebook page. So if you go and type in Too Good To Be True on Facebook, you can like us on there, follow us. And if you do have a suggestion from the show, we'll even give you a shout out as today the suggestion was from Mai and we're giving her a shout out. So stay tuned for after this break to continue with our show on Halloween. Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back to Too Good To Be True. And before the break, we were giving some background on where Halloween could have came from. 
So let's transition and talk about something that a lot of people do on Halloween, especially growing up. So dad, how and when did trick-or-treating start? I'll quote from the History Channel website. Quote, by the ninth century, Christianity had spread into Celtic lands where they gradually blended with and supplanted older pagan rites. In 1000 AD, the church designated November the 2nd as All Souls Day, a time for honoring the dead. Celebrations in England resembled Celtic commemorations of Samhain, complete with bonfires and masquerades. Poor people would visit the house, houses of wealthier families and receive pastries called soul cakes in exchange for a promise to pray for the souls of the homeowner's dead relatives. Known as souling, the practice was later taken up by children who would go from door to door asking for gifts such as food, money and ale. In Scotland and Ireland, young people took part in a tradition called guising, dressing up in a costume and accepting offerings from various households. Rather than pledging to pray for the dead, they would sing a song, recite a poem, tell a joke or perform another sort of trick before collecting their treat, which typically consisted of fruit, nuts or coins, unquote. That's interesting. There is a fusion of Christian and pre-Christian beliefs with costumes and trick-or-treating dating back to the 11th century. But Halloween seems to be celebrated the most in North America. How did Halloween get so popular this side of the Atlantic? Here's a long quote again from the History Channel website. Quote, in the mid-19th century, large numbers of new immigrants, especially those fleeing Ireland's potato famine in the 1840s, helped popularize Halloween. In the early 20th century, Irish and Scottish communities revived the old world traditions of souling and guising in the United States. By the 1920s, however, pranks had become the Halloween activity of choice for our young people, sometimes amounting to more than $100,000 in damages each year in major metropolitan areas. The Great Depression exacerbated the problem with Halloween mischief often devolving into vandalism, physical assaults, and sporadic acts of violence. One, here, one theory holds that it was the, the excessive pranks on Halloween that led to the widespread adoption of an organized community-based trick-or-treating tradition in the 1930s. This trend was abruptly curtailed, however, with the outbreak of World War II, when children had to refrain from trick-or-treating because of sugar rationing. At the height of the post-war baby boom, trick-or-treating reclaimed its place among other Halloween customs, quickly becoming standard practice for millions of children in America's cities and newly built suburbs. No longer constrained by sugar rationing, candy companies capitalized on a lucrative ritual, launching national advertising campaigns specifically aimed at Halloween." Unquote. Yes, it's interesting how immigrants brought their traditions with them. In the case of Halloween, the tradition went mainstream with some commercial encouragement. But how is Halloween observed in other countries? Uh, the History Channel's website, again, is a great resource. Here's another quote describing the Day of the Dead as observed in Mexico, Latin America and Spain. Quote, in Mexico, Latin America and Spain, All Souls Day, which takes place on November 2nd, is commemorated with a three-day celebration that begins on the evening of October the 31st. The celebration is designed to honor the dead who, it is believed, return to their earthly homes on Halloween. Many families construct an altar to their dead in, in their homes to honor deceased relatives and to decorate it with candy, flowers, photographs, samples of the deceased, favorite foods and drinks and fresh water. Often a wash basin and towel are left out so that the spirit can wash before indulging in the feast. Candles and incense are burned to help the deceased find their way home. Relatives also tidy the grave sites of the departed family members. This can include snipping weeds, making repairs and painting. The grave is then decorated with flowers, wreaths or paper streamers. On November the 2nd, relatives gather at the gravesite to picnic and reminisce. Some gatherings even include tequila and a mariachi band." Unquote. How did the people from a Latin culture start believing in the veil between the living and the dead, becoming thinner around the time of the Celtic festival of Samhain? It was a blending of European traditions brought by the invading Spanish conquistadors and the indigenous traditions of the people in the Americas. Colonization of the, of the Americas by Spain and Portugal began in the 16th century. 
Who were the indigenous people in the Americas with their traditions? In Mexico, the indigenous people were the Aztecs. From the website National Endowment for the Humanities, here is a quote describing the origins of the Day of the Dead, or El Día de los Muertos. Quote, the Aztec festival of the day was originally a two-month celebration during which the full harvest was celebrated and figures of death were personified as well as honoured. The festival was presided over by Mict Atacahuatl, goddess of the dead and the underworld, also known to the Aztecs as Maitlin. In the pre-Columbian belief system, Maitlin was not a dark or was not dark or macabre, but rather a, a peaceful realm where souls rested until the days of the visit of visiting the living, or los días de los muertos arrived. Over the course of the festivities, participants place offerings for the dead in front of homemade altars, including special foods, traditional flowers, candles, photographs, and other offerings. Pre-Hispanic cultures believed that during these days of the year, the souls of the departed would return to the realm of the living, where they could visit their loved ones. With the arrival of the Spanish, with the Spanish and Christianity, the new rulers of Mexico attempted to marshal the celebrations dedicated to the dead under the auspices of All Saints Day, November the 1st, and All Souls Day, November the 2nd. The dates of these two Catholic holidays are now celebrated in Mexico as Los Dias de los Muertos, unquote. Can you explain who the Aztecs were? It's interesting that Celtic and Aztec traditions had so much in common in honoring the dead around the time of harvest. I suppose that the onset of the cooler weather after harvest was like dying before rebirth in the spring. Here's a quote from Wikipedia regarding the origins of the Aztec people. Mesoamerica, as mentioned in the quote, was from central Mexico through Belize, Guatemala, Guatemala, sorry, El Salvador, Honduras, Nicaragua, and northern Costa Rica. Quote, Aztec culture is known as Mexica culture. Sorry, Aztec culture, also known as Mexica culture, was a Mesoamerican culture that flourished in central Mexico in the post-classic period from 1300 to 1521, during a time which a triple alliance of the Mexica, Texcoca, and Tep Anica tribes established the Aztec Empire. The Aztec people were certain ethnic groups of central Mexico, particularly those groups who spoke the Nahuatl language and who dominated large parts of Mesoamerica from the 14th to the 16th centuries." Unquote. The year 1521 was, was when Spanish conquistador Hernán Cortés overthrew the Aztec Empire, ending, ending their great native civilization. Today, the Day of the Dead is celebrated throughout the South American continent, as well as Central America and Mexico. So, all of the Americas celebrate either Halloween or the Day of the Dead. But what does the rest of the world do to celebrate in the manner of Halloween? Let's start with China. The celebration is called Tengxi. Here is a description uh, from, a, uh, I believe, a History Channel website. Tengxi, the Lantern Festival, occurs on the night of the full moon and closes out the Chinese New Year observances. It began as a religious ritual nearly 2,000 years ago during the Han Dynasty, that's 206 BCE to 221 CE. Since then, fireworks and riddle guessing contests have been added to the festivities. A wondrous source of light, the lantern is a traditional symbol of the lengthening days of spring. Lanterns in the shapes of dragons, birds, and other animals are hung in the streets, placed in parks and outside temples and around homes. Auspicious phrases are often written on them to ward off evil spirits. Some decorate a lantern with a riddle, offering a prize to the person who solves it first. The light given off by the lanterns is said to both attract heavenly spirits and allow the living to observe them. Celebrations include fireworks, folk dancing, and performances such as a dragon parade and lion dance. The special food associated with the festival is Yuan Ziel, a round stuffed dumpling made with sticky rice flour that symbolizes family unity, completeness, and happiness. Unquote. The first day of the Chinese New Year falls on the new moon between the 21st of January and the 20th of February. Don't the Japanese honor their ancestors? There must be a Halloween-like celebration in Japan. 
Yes, there is the Obon festival. I will quote from Wikipedia. Obon or just Bon is a Japanese Buddhist custom to honor the spirits of one's ancestors. The Buddhist Confucian custom has evolved into a family reunion holiday during which people return to ancestral family places and visit and clean their ancestors' graves. And when the spirits of ancestors are supposed to revisit the household altars. It has been celebrated in Japan for more than 500 years and tradition includes a dance known as the Bon Odori. Unquote. The Obon festival lasts three days. The date of the event varies depending on the region in Japan. That's another example of a culture wanting to honor it, the dead with spirit, dead spirits believed to make special visits. Are there other Eastern cultures that celebrate or honor the dead? The Hmong people, spelt H-M-O-N-G, have the practice of Pei Siab, which involves asking for blessings from elders. This occurs early morning during the Hmong New Year's Day, including our parents, uncles, in-laws, and dead ancestors. The Hmong New Year, like Halloween, is celebrated at the end of harvest. The Hmong people originate far away from the British Isles, but they seem to be on the same schedule. Moving on from different cultures, how did witches, ghouls, and zombies get associated with Halloween? Also, there are black cats to think about, not forgetting spiders and cobwebs. Yeah, there's also ghosts, skeletons, vampires, werewolves, and bats. Bats help the world by eating lots of bugs, including mosquito, mosquitoes, but let's start with the witches. We have to be careful how we describe a witch. You have come across a witch in your youth. When we lived in a small village in the countryside in England, there was an elderly gentleman called Mr. Coles. He was known as the local witch. He used to help farmers, for example, when their cows got infected with warts. Apparently, it worked overnight. He just went around helping people. So how did Mr. Coles get his powers? That sounds a bit too much like a children's book with a main character wearing John Lennon glasses. The powers were apparently passed down from generation to generation, alternating from female to male. It all seemed quite normal. How did the image of the classic Halloween witch come about, with transport provided by the customary flying broomstick? A black cat would be her companion. The following quote provides for a good overview and also provides a commercial explanation. This is taken from the website Shuttershock. Quote, we all recognize her. She has a pointy hat, a wart on her hooked nose, and she's often seen riding her broomstick past the full moon. Perhaps the most quintessential Halloween symbol of all is the witch. The iconic image of a witch as we see it today is a caricature, but is still closely associated with evil and misfortune. In fact, the greeting card industry added witches to Halloween cards in the late 1800s, thinking they would be a good visual representation for the ghoulish holiday. In the Middle Ages, witchcraft was associated with devil worship and black magic and was widely feared throughout Europe. During the witch hunts that took place in Europe and America, mass hysteria spread as thousands of women were accused of witchcraft and sorcery and subsequently killed. Witches are literary figures too. They were portrayed as wicked, ugly hags in Shakespearean plays and in many European folktales. We'll have to continue talking about Halloween after this short break, but don't forget to like our Facebook page. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Welcome 
Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we were discussing about witches. And Dad, you had a quote about witches and how they were associated with evil. And the greeting card industry actually introduced them in the late 1800s. So it seems that the greeting card industry came up with witches and the association with Halloween. You seem to have used a lot of quotes for this show. Is there any particular reason why? Yes, when you get into subjects that involve different belief systems, I think it is important to quote directly. If someone has different beliefs to someone else's, that seems to be a reason for dislike. It's almost as if we're being programmed to be divisive and to avoid respecting each other. I get what you mean. Who wants to discuss politics these days? People sometimes get upset. It is interesting that for Halloween in the West, pre-Christian and Christian beliefs have been blended into modern cultures. But let's change subjects a little bit. We have discussed witches, but what about black cats? This is an old one. Growing up in England, a black cat crossing your path was seen as a sign of good luck. Apparently much the same is true in Japan. But here is another quote from the Shutterstock website. Quote, if you see a witch at Halloween, chances are you'll probably see a black cat nearby. The connection between black cats, witches, and evil goes way back. In medieval Europe, it was common belief that the devil could turn himself into a black cat. During the witch hunts, accused witches were frequently found to have black cats as companions. Since the cats were well concealed and unnoticed in the dark, they seemed like perfect partners for witches, and people believed they were familiars, that is, demons that could help witches with dark magic. The color black is often associated with death, bad luck, mystery, and evil, so it's no surprise that black cats have become objects of superstition. With their glowing orb-like eyes and pitch... From world conflicts to falling financial markets, natural disasters, and more, wish the headlines would just stop. It's not a newsflash that life can feel like a pressure cooker. From managing work to building relationships, it's easy to feel overwhelmed. And for many of us, anxiety and stress are constant companions. But you are not alone. You may not know it, but support is out there, just waiting to meet you. And you can find it through the friendly people at Church's Care. At Church's Care, we know that finding your community can feel intimidating. That's why we do the heavy lifting for you. Church's Care helps connect people like you to churches that can support and serve you. In your new community, you'll find a group of people ready to talk, listen, and help you navigate life through its twists and turns. All you have to do is come as you are. If you're ready to find your community, visit churchescare.com today. That's churchescare.com. C-H-U-R-C-H-E-S care.com. We look forward to serving you. Black fur, they add a spooky flair to Halloween imagery, unquote. It seems that in medieval times, there was more belief in the supernatural. The Inquisition involving pers- involved persecuting people with different beliefs to the status quo. These people included those who were superstitious and those with different religious beliefs. They were labeled as heretics. A lot of women were labeled as witches and murdered. Yes, labeling goes on today. Labels are handed out for those who fully who don't fully agree with mainstream belief beliefs along with stereotyping. Labeling seems to be a way of dismissing unpopular beliefs shared by groups of people. Back to Halloween. We haven't mentioned bats. Yes, here's an interesting connection. Uh, Again, a quote from the Shuttershock website. Quote, bats have been long associated with mystery, evil, death, and the supernatural. They're only active at night, plus they live in caves, which evokes the underworld. Vampires are often said to transform into bats, a connection popularized by Bram Stoker's novel and the many Dracula films. One theory for the link between bats and Halloween has to do with the festival of Samhain, when the Celts celebrated the end of the harvest on October the 31st, they would light bonfires to keep evil spirits at bay. The practice would attract insects and in turn bats, unquote. So all the bats wanted to do was have a lunch. Nothing spooky about that. I think we need to talk about ghosts. We talked about spirits, but ghosts are thought of as spirits that are more in this world rather than in the spirit world. Do you have a good definition for a ghost? Here's a definition from the Cambridge Dictionary, quote, the spirit of a dead person sometimes represented as a pale, almost transparent image of that person that some people believe appears to people who are alive, unquote. So what is the connection between ghosts and Halloween? 
it seems that ghosts are just spirits that haven't crossed over and may have some visibility. I think for cards and decorations, people know the stereotype for a ghost and can make a good image that everyone recognizes. But how do you draw or paint a spirit? A spirit is going to be invisible. I don't think we have to discuss other... I don't think we have time to discuss other Halloween symbols such as spiders and cobwebs. I think you're right. Why don't you ask the first question? Okay, I'll ask the first question. Did the tradition of celebrating All Hallows Eve or Halloween commence with the Celtic festival of San Samhain? Yes. Was Samhain celebrated more than 2,000 years ago? Yes. Was it really much warmer than it is now in the British Isles in the Roman warming period from 250 BC to 400 AD? Correct. Were there shamans associated with Celtic tribes? Yes. Did the veil between the living and the dead grow thinner during the festival of Samhain? So during the festival, it wasn't really that the veil grew thinner, but instead that more people were aware of basically how close the living and the dead are. So since more people were aware of that, the spirits felt more compelled to be able to visit, if that makes sense. So the veil, if you want to call it that, is always the same. It's just people's awareness of it. Were souls of the dead trapped in animals? So animals have their own souls. So no, it's not the souls of the dead. Did the costumes help people hide from the souls of the dead? Yes and no. It's putting a protection, but it wasn't the physical costumes, no. Was there anything real about the Celtic gods and goddesses? Yes and no. So it's based off knowledge the people had, but the actual gods and goddesses being real were not real. Why did Christians decide to honor All Saints Day and All Souls Day at the same time in the calendar as the Celtic festival of Samhain? Because they had knowledge of the festival and decided to relate it, relate it in a way. Why didn't Christians have an issue with commemorating certain days based on pre-Christian beliefs? Because Christians were a lot different back then. A lot of the people had previous beliefs. You can say that people were more open to other things going on around them. Did the Celtic people carve turnips as lanterns to keep away unwanted spirits or ghosts? Yes. Did trick-or-treating start with souling when in medieval times the poor would visit the houses of the better off to receive gifts of pastries or cakes in return for praying to their benefactors, dead relatives? Yes. Why is it that unconnected parts of the world... Uh, um, why is it that in, in unconnected parts of the world, different cultures choose to honour the dead? There's always this intriguing nature about what happens to people after death. So a lot of the people are intrigued by this, since obviously there's no scientific proof of what really happens to the soul, if you want to call it that, or the light of the person once they pass away. So when there's no scientific evidence, that's when a lot of different beliefs come in and a lot of people relate, since obviously people die every day. However, it is also that a lot of people do try and forget the dead, since it is a sad memory, when they connect them with lost loved ones. So Halloween, you can think of it kind of as a celebration of all your past loved ones, but doing it in a fun way instead of doing it in a sad way. Why do different cultures choose the end of harvest to honor the dead? Because it is a celebration. So once everything is harvested, it's usually when people can slow down and they can take time for something else. So one, it's time they can put into their celebrations or Halloween and also because now everything is slowing down and is also associated in some cultures with weather changes since it kind of signals something different and something new happening. Do the souls of the departed visit the earthly homes during the Day of the Dead celebration? Yes. Do they visit during other days of the year? Yes, all the time. Why didn't the Christian church in Mexico and Latin America have any problem with adopting Aztec traditions for Day of the Dead celebrations? Just because of the history of the land and a lot of the people were associated with the Aztecs and different civilizations down there. So it's welcoming others' beliefs and there's nothing bad or negative about the celebration. So it's just something that seemed to be a lot of people wanting actually to celebrate the Day of the Dead and the churches agreed since they saw the rising number of people who agreed with that belief. 
So the church wanted members and didn't worry about pre-existing beliefs? Correct. Why is the Chinese tradition of Teng Shui at a different time of year than harvest being celebrated in either January or February? So this is just because of the timing they chose. So the timing doesn't really matter that much since it's still a celebration. It's just when the people decided on the time. And you also have to think about the differences in climates in different parts of the world. So obviously over there, the weather is very different from what you would find in the United States. So a lot of the traditions still go on the weather and the changing of the year. Why did the ancient Chinese feel a need to honor their dead, as did the Celts and the Aztecs? Because the dead are very important. If you think about it, in a lot of beliefs and a lot of cultures, the dead still have a lot of influence after they pass on. So it's kind of a common thought to think that your loved ones will still visit you even after they have passed on. Why do Japanese people feel a need to honor their ancestors during the festival of Obon? Because their ancestors are so important, and in their beliefs, it is that their ancestors are still around. So it's an honor when they visit, and it's basically showing them that they celebrate them and still remember them. Why is the Japanese Obon festival for three days, just like the Day of the Dead in Latin countries? Three is just a very significant number, and it basically represents the beginning, the middle, and the end. Why is the South Asian, East Asian Hmong Festival of Siab celebrated around the harvest the same time as Halloween and the original Celtic festival of Samhain? Basically, just another celebration, since harvest used to be very important to all cultures. And also in the Hmong culture, they very much celebrate the spirits around them. So it's not really celebrating the dead since they try to celebrate them all year round but instead just to celebrate so that people can come together too. Is there such a thing as a male or female witch who provides cures and other good deeds for their communities? So the problem with the term witch is that if you think of it and you think of history, a lot of witches supposedly have been punished or killed. Think of the Salem witch trials, for example. So usually when people do heal and do try to do the work that is often associated with witches, they usually perform other terms such as healers, and they usually have different terms based on what culture they're actually associated with. So for witches, there is not anyone who rides on a broomstick in that way or wears a strange hat or is not the best looking. So the image of the witch, especially in American culture, is not the best. So yes, there's people who do practice, you could say, magic, but the term witch should not always be used to describe them. Was what we were told as children about Mr. Coles having special abilities true? Yes. Are the abilities passed on from generation to generation, alternating from female to male? Not always, no. Was Mr. Coles simply a shaman? Yes and no. So it depends on what you term the word shaman. But there is a lot of overlap. So yes, you could say that. Does a descendant of Mr. Coles currently practice a form of witchcraft or shamanism? Yes. Were there classic witches in existence that were like the three witches in the Shakespearean play Macbeth? Not exactly, no. Why did the church have to persecute and cruelly, cruelly murder women accusing them of being witches? There's two reasons here. One, that in groups of people, not even Christians, but in general, there's times through history when they are punished when they are different. So these women were different, which created fear in other people, since people sometimes associate differences with fear. The second reason is they saw some unbelievable things. And when unbelievable things happen, that again causes even more fear. So in their minds, the only way to get rid of fear was to kill the women. But we'll have to continue with the questions and the psychic insight after this short break. And don't forget to like our Facebook page.
This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we are going through the questions and the psychic insight. So, Dad, can you please continue on the questions? Sure. Why did the church label people, sorry, why did the church label people with perhaps other beliefs to their own as heretics while persecuting and cruelly murdering them? Basically, it goes back to fears of different people. And that's a lesson to learn even now is that it's not okay to go around and call other people who do not have the same beliefs bad names or fear them, since people can learn a lot from each other with different beliefs. And especially in spirituality and religion, Different beliefs are not always a bad thing. Instead, it could be a learning experience. Why do people with, a, with certain belief systems get angry or upset if their belief system is challenged or if there are other belief systems around them? It goes back to human nature, where basically most of a person's life relies on their beliefs and their actions are based on beliefs. So they feel personally attacked when their beliefs are attacked. However, that makes it hard for discussion. So someone can have a belief system, but also be open to hearing about others' beliefs. For example, let's take Halloween, since that's very important in this show. One person may think that children should only have healthy treats at Halloween, or that the parents should take the candy away. While another set of parents may think that the children could eat all the candy they want, as it's one day a year. Instead of attacking each other, they both have their own belief systems but maybe they could learn something from each other about limiting the candy or encouraging the children to give candy to people who don't have the means to get candy. So instead of being in a tax situation, it could be a learning experience. Why does there have to be conflict between people with different belief systems leading to persecution or wars? It all goes back to the differences are some things that human, humans point out. So instead of embracing each other's differences, humans instead look at each other's differences and call people out about those and even get to the point where they are persecuted because of those. So this all goes back to acceptance and that as a society, people need to come together and start the acceptance process where if someone has different beliefs, looks different or something different about them, this should be something embraced instead of something punished. So the key to this is starting with acceptance not at adult level, since adults have already formed their belief systems, but instead starting with the children. Since children in their pure form, before they start learning from society and others, already have learned acceptance and will accept anything and everything. However, when society starts talking, it's telling them that differences are not something that should be celebrated. That's when issues occur. So it basically goes back to keeping the beliefs in children that will lead into their adult lives and will spread through society. Why do some people think that others with a different belief system are lesser human beings, often creating labels to dismiss their opinions? So basically that goes back to the insecurities. So everyone has their own insecurities and doubts about themselves. Even if they are the most confident person, there's still something small about themselves that they are not completely secure with. 
So it's basically a protection of their own insecure projection of their own insecurities on other people. So some people get mad when other people are embracing their differences and feel like the label will basically make them feel better. So it all goes back to being a positive, happy person means not projecting your own insecurities and your own doubts about yourself on other people. Why is it today there seems to be more conflict between people of different beliefs, even within highly advanced countries? Are we being manipulated? So the problem is, and this basically where it's at now, is that a lot more people are being more forward with their beliefs, which can be a good or bad thing. And this means that facilitating conversations needs to be necessary and eliminating this fear that the differences are bad. So this all needs to start on all levels. So it needs to be within the parents, society as a whole, the media. Everything needs to really come together and start embracing the differences. So in a way, it's not really manipulation, but more how society is taking a turn. And this isn't necessarily a turn for the worst, but a turn where there's going to be new changes and people are going to be more different, but these differences can be accepted. If you go back to even ancient societies, there was always people that were different. However, in some societies, this was actually something good for being different instead of bad. So this goes back to accepting people as a whole instead of judging them based on one or two things, especially their belief systems. Why is it that black cats are being seen as being either lucky or evil? So again, it goes back to what you were taught when you were young. But there is reassurance that black cats are not anything bad. Usually they're just cats. Is it true that bats are just nocturnal insect-eating creatures with no particular agenda? The only agenda bats have are to survive and repopulate. Do ghosts become more active on Halloween? Yes and no. There's more awareness of spirits, so there might be some ghosts that decide to misbehave more. So this awareness might cause more activity since more people visit cemeteries and haunted locations. But even if a person went to their, those haunted locations on a normal day, the ghost still probably will be active. What can we do to help ghosts leave and go on their way? One, not to really bother them with anything negative. So not bringing in things like Ouija boards or things that are going to possibly disrupt them. And if there is a ghost present, to encourage the ghost to go into the white light and not really bother the ghost. So don't basically don't tell the ghost to do physical things or doubt the ghost, but instead encourage it and say it can go into the white light and bring in positive energy. How did spiders, cobwebs, vampires, ghouls, and zombies get associated with Halloween? Was it just the greeting card industry and other commercialization? It was partly that and partly that a lot of people are afraid of spiders. And Halloween is overall about fear in a way, especially in the United States. So it's more about people getting excited about being scared. So these are just different things that have the possibility of scaring people. So the holiday moved from basically a celebration of spirits to how scared people can get. What, what can we learn from pre-Christian festivals being adopted by the Christian church and from the modern celebration of Halloween and the Day, day of the Dead? Well, the first lesson is to accept others' beliefs. So some people do not believe in Halloween, and that's okay. That's their right as humans to not believe in the celebration. But there's also the underlining theme of celebrating the past loved ones and spirits that help people and are positive. And there's also a lot of history that can go back to ancient celebrations and ancient festivals. So a lot of the celebrations that occur today actually do have a background. So Halloween is a really good time for people to do their own research and celebrate what used to happen, since Halloween has become very commercialized about spending money on expensive costumes, expensive candy, and going into different events that usually cost lots of money. So it turned into an event of what you can give, you give, to something that you have to spend a lot of money on. But with the Day of the Dead, it is a little bit different since it is more back to the ancient roots of being a festival. That was the last question. Uh, I'll have to ask the, the question. Is Halloween just a fun way of celebrating departed loved ones? Too good to be true. That depends on what you are prepared to believe. I like the idea of fun being associated 
associated with departed loved ones, there's too much sadness in our world. If you think that a departed loved one has moved on to a better place, then there is little to be sad about, except the sadness of missing that person. I have a confession to make. I get more upset when a pet passes away than, say, a distant relative. Maybe pets just accept you for who you are and provide uh, wonderful companionship. If you believe that animals have souls, then they're not very far away. What are you going to do this Halloween? Dress up in a costume, of course, and meet up with friends. I might dust off the plastic skeleton that's been hanging up in the garage for years and keep the puppy occupied when the doorbell rings. Well, when we were younger, we used to dress up in costumes, and you would dress up too, and we'd walk around the neighborhood going trick and trick or treating. Yes, I remember one year I had a convict's outfit with a ball and chain. Yeah, and I think I was a dog, so, I mean, we both kind of got the bad end of the stick in that one, but... <laughs> well, of course, we want to say Happy Halloween to everyone, and we hope everyone enjoyed this Halloween special. And I think one point that I want to bring up is that we covered kind of the ancient aspect of Halloween and the more modern day of Halloween. So it's very interesting to see the differences of the celebrations that were celebrated years and years ago and what's celebrated now. Yeah, I think it was interesting how the um, the roots, the Celtic festival, uh, and now in modern day United States, forgetting about the commercialization, it seems to be most of the tradition has, has come through. I mean, the beliefs are different. Um, it's more about uh, having fun being scared, I guess. Or for younger children, it's just dressing up in, ni- in nice costumes. But um, it's been a fascinating subject, and I really thank Mai for suggesting it, because I'd have never have thought of anything topical. Yeah, and on that note, if anyone would like to go make a suggestion, you can go on our Facebook page, you can comment, or you can message us, and we would love to hear any suggestions. And if you're comfortable with your name being in the show, we'll give you a shout-out on the show. So if anyone has any topics that they're dying just a pun. It wasn't very funny, I know. But if they're dying to hear about, then we will cover that topic. And we would love if people go on there, interact with us, have any comments about the show. Is there any Halloween traditions that you and your family do that are different? Is there something you guys do every year? We would love to hear about it. Yeah, finally, if you want to resurrect any old subject, let us know. <laughs> well, of course, everyone, please have a safe and fun Halloween and be nice to all the kids. So don't pick on the little kids. Don't don't go around scaring anyone too badly. And of course, remember your past loved ones, since that's actually seems like it was important in these celebrations. And of course, thank you to all the listeners and stay tuned for next week's show. <laughs>